All right. Um, excellent. I enjoyed that time together just worshiping God. It's often, um, I'm often in awe of how God really speaks through all of us. Um, just in terms of, you know, whoever chose the songs that we were going to use as, 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 a, as a launch pad to, to give God praise. But also seeing the different things Daniel said to the points that Mark focused on. Lynn said something in my ear just at the start of the meeting. And it's just so interesting that, the, you know, Daniel finished by saying the Holy Spirit is here. God really just uses us as conduits, but he, he desires to fill all of us. And, you know, um, I often refer to this scripture, and I, I love it, that in Ephesians 4, that every joint supplies. God rarely speaks and flows through all of us so that the body will be built up together. And um, I'm just often in awe, as I said, just witnessing um, when God does his thing, and it's not us. All right? So as I share today, if you receive something, it's all God. If nothing comes forth, then I was the obstacle. All right? I take the blame for that. Um, if we could just sing that song again, we sang just at the anointing you, Jesus. Um, where's Stephen? He went outside. We could do it without the music, can't we? Yeah, I just, I love that. Um, I think that is what I feel God is um, going to emphasize on today, that sense of, that's the principal thing. If we fear God and know him, then it's, that, that's what he's after, all right? So, Lynn, if you can help me. So it's, knowing you, Jesus, no. I think that's a pursuit of my heart, and I'm sure it's for most of you as well, yeah, to know God. Um, probably jump through some scriptures. I know the team don't like me to do that, but uh, uh, if we just, you don't, don't bring it up, I call to mind, but if you scribble on, you could always look it up after when you go home, all right? Um, in Proverbs 4, it talks about, you know, David, not David, Solomon was accounting for the instruction of his father to him. And his father said, Wisdom is the principal thing, but in all thy getting, get understanding. Some of us know that scripture, familiar to us, yeah? And if you read that in isolation, um, it sounds like, okay, the pursuit of life is wisdom, all right? And get to wisdom, get understanding, and I'm sorted, all right? But let's, we're going to jump over into Ecclesiastes. Probably we'll look at that um, on the screen, end of Ecclesiastes 1. 
um, probably verse 16. But we would, it's all I'll be talking about today, probably 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, and we'll spend some time talking together as well. It's still under that umbrella of the spirit of adventure, all right? We've been talking about the spirit of adventure. I think Jamie said last week we probably did six or seven Sundays um, on that spirit of adventure. What I've been asking myself, I've been listening to different people sharing on the spirit of adventure is, God, what does this mean for me? What is my adventure? And interesting, um, on, on Tuesday last in governmental prayer, was the, we spent some time just talking about it, I think at the start while people were coming. And I think it was Andy said something, Andy um, Gwyn, that spirit of adventure is not just something you pursue, but spirit of adventure is me, is the thing I become. So, you know, if you are a knight, if valor is inside of your heart, when circumstances meet you, you give up yourself. Yeah? So you don't go out and look for, um, I, can say, I can say terrorists in here, right? You don't look for a terrorist to, to, to um, tackle like those guys did on the train. To, 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 to receive some knighthood or some recognition from the American president or whatever the case is. You don't look for a valor circumstance just to be thing. It must be something that first exists inside of you so that when circumstances reach you, you respond a certain way. All right? I know in the, in the, in the, um, in the various series that we had over the last six, seven weeks, I think John started first with, with Dave and the, the spirit of, was it Gideon? Dave did the drama? When he says, I want to take that hill country, I want to take Hebron. Yeah, so he went out and he, you know, somebody asked him a question, where do you want? And he said, I want that hill country, you know. And as the chapter went on, he went and he took it. And valor was inside of him, even though he was well in age, all right. I think Jamie, in one of his first times, he talked about, or somebody talked about Jonathan, who wanted a drink of water from some well or something like that. But when I look through the scripture, most of the people who we count as heroes of faith, or we can say that is really adventurous, they were just doing their own thing and circumstances met them. Just praying as you do normally, facing the east, and before you know it, tonight you're in alliance then, and circumstances have befallen you. You know, you are doing as everyone around you do, you're threshing wheat in a secret place, and then the Spirit of God turns up, disturb your normal routine, and say, hey, Come, man of valor, God has called you to something. So I want to, I, I, I really believe this spirit of adventure is not just searching for an activity or an action or an event or an encounter. It is something that happens inside of us, who God makes us, and then causes us to respond. Jesus wasn't going spoiling for a fight because the full spirit of God was upon him. He just walked through life, and as circumstances came his way, he was able to bring the fullness of God to it. All right, so uh, what I hope to share on is under that umbrella of the spirit of adventure, but I'll be looking at it from the context of how do we become um, those who God has called us to be so that when circumstances confront us, we have a ready response so that we could give. All right? Um, Andy also and, and Gwen also mentioned a song. I only looked at it this morning. Quite interesting. Um, some of the more, um, yeah, I learned myself. Mature. <laughs> For vintage around us. May I remember it? It's, it's um, when knights earn their spur. Yes. 
brilliant song. They told me it. Uh, it took me until things. So go look it up. When nice one day spur. But it's really beautiful because it talks about um, having that lance and that shield. But it goes on in the second verse to talk about, but we have truth and other things. So it, it kind of links to me to the scripture because, and that's beautiful. The things that we are pursuing is not to take a new hill country. It's not to break down a wall. It is not to walk on water. We are pursuing the fruit of the spirit. Yeah? So we're pursuing something that is more eternal, something that will last. So we don't want to jump over a bus on Green Lane. That's not what we want you to come back and boast on next week Sunday. I jumped over a bus on Green Lane. God, you know, God gave me. You know, we're looking for something more that creates more of a testimony that will last. All right? And the thing we'll be doing at the end when we have a chat with each other together, I want when we talk to each other, as we talk about what God has been saying or, or what has been, you know, what is the focus of that spiritual adventure in your life, in my life, I want you to listen past the person's story and hear God. All right? Always push beyond. Just like me. Go beyond my accent, how fast or how slow I talk, and I will try to talk slow and I will try to work on the accent. But please hear God behind it. Because the stories will be forgotten. At the end, as I, we sang in the song, it's knowing God. All right? Jacob, if you bring up back Ecclesiastes 1.16 we'll see Solomon's pursuit. So in Proverbs 4, I said David was, he was recounting David's command to him, get wisdom and in all I get in, get understanding, that's the principal thing. But this is what he said. I thought to myself, look, I have grown and increased in wisdom more than anyone who has ruled over Jerusalem before me. I have experienced much of wisdom and knowledge. Then I applied myself to the understanding of wisdom and also of madness and folly. But I learned that this too is chasing after the wind. For with much wisdom comes much sorrow. The more knowledge, the more grief. Could you go to the next? Is there 19? There's no 19. If you go to Ecclesiastes, the last chapter. The last chapter. 12. And the last two verses. So after he talks about all the pursuit, he says, Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, even the hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Yeah? So after Solomon started following his father's instruction in chapter 1, getting understanding, in chapter 2, he then went on and pursued vanity. Women, wealth, castles, all the stuff. And even that he said is vanity. And from verse 2, chapter 2, going right on to chapter 11, he counts all the pursuits, vanity. All right, so he did what his father said, and he felt he didn't get it. He did what his heart desired, and he still didn't get it. And he said in the end, the conclusion is this, is to fear God. All right, and I think that links to that song we were singing at the end. Knowing you, Jesus... There is no greater thing, all right? And I want in this spirit of adventure, like Jesus prayed in John, to know the Father and the Father in me and the Father in you. That is the thing that we're all about, all right? So um, 
That's the context of what we will be talking about. How do we get to a place that the pant of our heart is knowing God and therefore the spirit of adventure is knowing God and the change that that brings about inside of us? That summarizes it. Is that clear? The pursuit of our heart, knowing God, and that becoming who we are. All right, so um, just, to, just, to, just, to, just to flesh that out a bit. Um, in the Gospels, we have the first disciples being called, all right? And they're different accounts. You read Matthew and Mark, it's songs like, uh, he tell them, come follow me. You read Luke, and Luke and John, it's songs a bit different. You know, he asked to go out in a boat, and, and um, he was preaching, and the guys pulled in the nets, and the nets were too big, and that kind of stuff. Now, when I read those things, I'm like, no, that don't match up with what I read before. But, you know, when I was interested in what God showed me when I was in that state of, no, I need a correct historical account of how these disciples came, and what did he say? Did he really say, I'll make you fishers of men? Why the thing don't correlate? And he says, often, when people ask you and Katie and how you met, the story differs. <laughs> and I said, I'm not going to say whose story is more embellished, but um, Kadian's story normally starts in church on a Sunday evening, and the pastor says, turn around and greet someone, and I turn around and greet her. My story starts several weeks before in university. She always passing outside my classroom. I thought she wanted to be noticed. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> All right? So uh, people normally leave with two different versions, but the story comes together and goes on from there. All right? So when you read the Gospels as well, you may see slightly different accounts. Some are very detailed. Some kind of start and run into it. But um, it all moves towards the same thing. But I find quite interesting. He says, come, I'll make you fishers of men, is generally the, th- the theme in the four Gospels. And we know that that is not a literal thing. If they think they were going on cast net and catch people, that really didn't happen. But he made them have the ability to draw men onto themselves, that they saw the light, the thing we talk about in the Pentecost, and they says, you know what? The Spirit of God is inside of you. So as we embark on the spirit of adventure, I am seeking to explore with you what is the purpose. We heard Fatima's testimony two Sundays ago. What is the purpose of her believing and coming to a sense of this is what Jesus does? That's the phrase I think we left and we spoke about over the last two weeks. This is what Jesus does. So that that has the ability to go way beyond her presence. Now there was a prayer tent that several of the individuals were praying for people, Mark and Fatima and other people. But long after they went back to their homes, having their barbecues or packing their suitcases for their holidays, we heard the reports of inside of households, husbands observing wives, family members observing each other, and the thing had a life of its own, all right? So the adventure is not that Fatima names get called. I mean, we're using her name now over the last two Sundays as an icon to talk about the thing that happened, but it's not to give glory to Fatima, but it's to give glory to this is the thing Jesus does, all right? And in every circumstance, as I said, just as I'm here sharing with you, the thing that I am hoping is that we can point towards him, knowing him. The end of it is knowing him. All right? Could we say that? The end of it is knowing him and being known of him. All right? Um, so, adventure, fishers of men. Um, 
So, we're not going to get caught up in the detail of, of, of the stories, but I'm going to ask us to break out shortly, and what I want you to describe is, what has God been saying to you in this season? Don't try to put it in grand words. Just communicate, this is what God has been laying on your heart. And I'm asking you to do that, one, because one, we're smaller in number today, um, so it, it, it could work with the shifting of chairs and stuff. But boldness is something that I've seen time and time again in the scripture. The ability, just like I'm doing here, to have a sense of God, and I tend not to prepare 15 PowerPoints or whatever the case is, but the sense to trust God, that God could flow through me. And to see what he did with Daniel and Lynn and Mark at the front. So I want you to trust God that God is a work and alive inside of you. You don't need to add drama to the things God is sharing with you. But with confidence, just share. And who knows? That may be the very word that God is seeking to release into someone's life to bring about that change and that revelation of himself. Yeah? The disciples felt unworthy. Me, I often feel unworthy. Oftentimes when I stumble in my walk and I don't really take the preference that God, the thing that God said to me, I beat myself up and I had come to terms that I'm starting again afresh as any new believer having to rely on the justification of that thing we're singing about this morning, the cross, and feeling absolutely unworthy. But in the midst of that, as I call out to God, I am often receive a level of grace and confidence that gives me the ability to stand again and to declare his wonder. Because I know I'm not doing it by my accolades. I know I'm not doing it by the notches on my, my knight's sword or valance or whatever it is. I'm doing it by his power. All right? So I want us to spend some time talking to each other about what has God been sharing in your heart and what the spirit of adventure means towards you. And I could see people looking up to the sky. It's awkward, but do it in confidence that through you, God will share something, all right? And these summer, holiday, these summer meetings allows us to have that thing. And I think it's important because we could share 12 Sundays all through autumn, but unless you make it personal, this thing don't have life, all right? So in groups of no more than 10, 5 to 10, um, pick a number, 5 to 10, and just share, and I'll ask you to come back to together and just ask some questions after that.
Okay. I want to be rude and stop us. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. I want to be rude and stop you there. Deliberately so. In every group. Hello, Darren, Lynn, James, Jamie, Michael, Jack. <laughs> Let me get your attention. All right. So I'm being rude. I stop you there. Everybody seems to be very much in the conversation, which is Alan, Fatime. Let me get your attention. Everybody's in the conversation, seem to be enjoying it, and that's good, all right? Because we pour it into each other's lives, and that's what I want, all right? I want to leave something so you all to talk in the week, so you could meet up at the coffee house, or meet up for barbecues, or alfrescos, or whatever the case is. But um, yeah, this is the treasure that God has poured inside of us, so that it could bring life to others, and those smiling faces, and that intrigue, that is what God does, all right? Um, let me see all those who had, some, had an opportunity to share. Just put your hand up. All right, then. Let me see hands of those who heard something that really gave them a sight of God or really impressed them. All right, then. From that latter group, does anybody want to share what that is? Just to the benefit of us? Daniel? Ladies. <laughs> oh, I heard someone that's really going out after God for healing. They're part of the way there, but they're not they're not they're not done, they're not satisfied with what they've got at the moment, but they're they've they've heard God <clears throat> that there is more for them and they're going after that and they're pursuing it. And that mm-hmm. was just really, really exciting to hear. Okay. What aspect of God you heard or seen in that? I heard, I heard that God is a, God's a faithful friend. God's mm-hmm. in conversation with this person. He's walking with this person day by day. And there's something that's tenacious in this person, but there's also uh, that sense of, uh, I don't know, oh gosh, it's a, it's a phrase that we use. I hate it. It's so corny. Partnering with God, I can't think of anything else to say it. Okay. Any other way to say it. So, yeah, God just being that faithful friend. And, Excellent. Yeah, Cheers. Daniel? Right. Um, I just hear about God's provision. Just those, those little things about opening a purse and discovering money there that shouldn't be there and vouchers coming through and just this constant provision and that, that I suppose, that summarised in that, it's exciting but terrifying at the same time. I think that was exciting. I'm sure we'll hear more in the testament slot soon. Yes. <laughs> You'll track to Lauren. Anyone else, Tia? Um, Jess shared how she's had a nudge from God this week. She was in the mother care coffee shop and there were three mums with babies, all separate, all on their own, and she felt that God said to go and talk to them. They're probably lonely and isolated. So she felt a bit silly doing it, but she had a chat with them all and she now has all of their phone numbers. And she's even met up with one of them. And um, then I think in the park, she met two other ladies separately with babies, and she's got their numbers. So she has five people's numbers, and that she's going to pursue them. So I think that's really exciting. If those people actually come through and, and be part of us and come to stuff, I think that's really exciting. 
Okay. But, and in addition to the excitement, I'm going to test you, push you a bit further. In addition to the excitement, anything else? Um, what's you say, and this is of God. Um, apart from the thrill of how it went, what else of God have you seen, if anything, in, impressed or... you in, in the story? I just think in that stepping out, not caring how she looked, she felt silly, but she heard the nudge, so she did it. She was very bold. And God delivers, you know. Yeah. When, you know, if he says, I'm going to do something, he does it. So, yeah, and the, yeah. all five of them gave her their numbers. They didn't think she was a nutter. <laughs> that, that story really spoke to me of God's heart for lonely people. That, that Jess was saying that she felt, oh, maybe these ladies are quite lonely. They're all sitting by themselves. And as they started to open up, she was seeing that. And that really is God's heart, isn't it, for lonely people? All right, I'm going to stop there for a bit. Um, so it's really interesting. I, I, I heard there somebody being sick, and I'm sure if I walked the distance of that, that whatever that health issue was with that individual, it was probably lonely and dark, and why me? But inside of it, she has discovered God, or, you know, he, I think it's she, the only ladies there, and we now come to hear of God's goodness and see that tenacious attitude just described by Jill, that God is really coming through on that, you know? Daniel talking about the provision. That person had a lack, yeah? Before they went to the purse, there was a sense of desperation. How do I meet this need? But out of that lack... I'm not saying things have to be bad first for God to come true, but out of that lack, we saw God burst forth. He disturbed Jess's comfort of going to mother care for whatever she went for and caused her to have a sense of boldness and to do what only he can do, to respond to people's needs. Who knows how those five moms decided to go to mother care to arrive at that point in time. You know, We don't know the circumstances that led them there, but God had something always in his mind, and he, the great architect and conductor of this life, brought her to the point of stepping out in boldness and faith, probably by things she heard over the last two to three weeks that happened in the harbor and that kind of stuff. But he brought all the things together, and God is behind it all, and that's the confidence um, we can have. All right, so let's continue talking about this in the week and looking for him inside of it. I said it's all about knowing God, all right? And we are just the conduits. Um, just before we conclude, there's some points to highlight. So, <coughs> excuse me. As I was musing on this this morning, I said if I was to bring this into three things, what will it be? And just there, I felt, all right, so I said it a few times. Let us not get caught up in the detail. We're looking for God and his footprints behind it. Um, it's okay to have joy in the process. Sometimes there's a bit of sorrow in the process. But it's quite interesting. Um, let's use hardship. Even in the wilderness, Jesus went into the wilderness and he still, it didn't separate him from God. He still discovered God and walked in the fullness of God. The Israelites, they were sent out into the wilderness. And even in the wilderness, it was God's intent to reveal his nature to the people of Israel. So, circumstances, whether it's good and things, you know, a little boy giving his fish and bread and all of us having our bellies full, or <laughs> a bit of hardship, nothing separates God revealing himself. And that's a confidence we can have, all right? So the second thing is um, have joined the process, but be very clear about the end. The end is God wants to reveal himself. I've got, 
You know, I come from the Caribbean. It's very interesting. Every time we watch foreign university advertise themselves, there are always people sitting on the lawn on a bright sunny day and enjoying themselves. And you come across and the weather is great. It's wet. And, you know, uh, it's never as fantastic as they probably showed you in the brochure. But very interesting. You could go through university life, wherever in the world you go through university life. And they'll always say, I had a great time, halls of residence or extracurricular. But when it comes to the end, the thing that is conferred upon you is not you, beautiful socialite. You know, you, you know, the thing that is conferred upon you, that, you know, the degree you read for, is the ability to apply yourself and to, to, to have, whether it be engineering, historic, uh, arts, or whatever the case is. So, um, if we take that into that second point about have joined the process, but be very focused on the end, you could write beautiful accounts of manna from heaven, Red Sea parting, and all that. If you don't have the spirit of Gideon and Jacob, not Jacob, Joshua, coming out of that wilderness, it's all to note. All right? Key thing for us to hold in mind, yeah? Join the process, but be very focused on the end. Um, and always remember something I said. We seek incorruptible things. All right? So you could get all the wealth. You could get all the stuff. You could have the five loaves and two fishes, fill your belly, and you have leftover. You could have the kids. You could have the friends. But please make sure you have the abiding presence of God inside of you. And we could look at um, a scripture while we were talking. I asked Jacob to look at... Uh, let's look at Luke first. And then I'll go to, we'll go to John. So Luke 15, 24 to 32. You could scribble that down. I think verse 31 is the key one. And um, while Jacob is bringing that up, that, that, that talks about the, the prodigal son, a very famous story. I think we more, all of us know it. But he returned. The father was very excited. But the second son came in from the field or wherever he was, and he saw the raucous happening, and he asked, what is this? Yeah, and he went through the whole chronology of, hey, this guy went and had his fun with harlots and his friends. I have been here faithfully serving you. But the father said something in verse 31. Verse 31. You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. So here is one son that's getting the fatted calf, but the whole flock, the father was saying, belonged to this guy, but he had no understanding of it. And what jumps out to me in that scripture is that that son did not get to know the father. He had no knowledge of the father's heart. All right? But when the younger brother, I think was younger, who was in the pigsty, the Bible talks about he came to his understanding and says, even the least servant in my father's house enjoys a certain level of lifestyle. So I will go back to my father. Don't go doing nonsense to know God. I'm not, I'm not, that's not what I'm preaching, all right? <laughs> but this, the first son, this, the, the younger son, came to know God even after pursuing folly. And here was somebody right with the father and didn't get to know him. The point I'm trying to make is, whether you're close or you're far, the key thing to do is to know the father's heart. And somehow the first son, even with his um, negative list of all the bad things he did. He's the one celebrated in the story 
because he came to know the Father, all right? And that's what we were talking about before. Knowing God is the principal thing. If we go to John 17, and we just read um, probably from verse 1 to 4. So this is Jesus. He was sent on earth. We know who he is. But this is him giving an account of his purpose, all right? And Jesus said, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify the Son, that your Son may glorify me. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might have eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, who you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you have given me to do. That speaks volumes to me. Who see water in turning into wine there? We see that there? Who see walking on water? Yeah? And all the other exploits. They're not there. The thing Christ is drawing focus to is that you have sent me to reveal you to them so that they may know you. And I'm challenging us at the start. I just felt that is where the direction God wanted to take us is that the principal thing not wisdom I'm referring to now, but it's the knowing of God. And this sense of spiritual adventure. If at the end of it, if someone was to, who had visited us over the last seven weeks was to come again and visit us next year, summer this time, if they take an audit of how our lives are doing. Hey, look my friend there, who comes every summer? Hello, welcome. <laughs> if he comes next summer and he was to have conversations with a few of us, the thing that he must find consistent in our story is not the chance encounters on the bus or the train or in our job or who got healed in Valence Park or whatever the case is. He must see that we have come to know God more and that we have revealed him to others. That others are saying, this is what Jesus does. Like that woman in that home that Fatima ministered to. She can go to these meetings and she could give what, I don't know if she gave her life to God, but this I know is what Jesus does. All right? And that's the challenge I want to leave us with. I am at the end. All right? But remember the conversations that you couldn't finish. Remember the people sitting in the little huddles with yourself. Try to give them a phone call, an email, or meet up. And see if you could hear a little bit more beyond on those stories. And use the lens I talked about with looking for God beyond the words and that kind of stuff. And I think we will be all the more, all the more beautiful because of it. All right? So there is, there is, there is the end. Back to Daniel. Thank you very much. That's good. Thank you, Hans.